Hey everybody, it's Chris. If you're a sports fan like me, or you're just a fan of a great story, you gotta check out Press Box Access, a sports history podcast hosted by Todd Jones. Todd sits down with fellow sports writers who experienced firsthand some of the biggest sports moments of the past 50 years, and they share some of the stories behind the stories, some of which they've only told to each other. What I personally love are the wild stories that you might not hear so much about on SportsCenter over the years. Like when Indiana-based sports journalist Bob Kravitz recounts the time Bobby Knight showed up naked to an office meeting with him and then banned him from the Hoosiers' locker room for the next three years because Bob wrote a story he didn't like. Or when Alexander Wolfe tells a story about going out on the town in Chicago with Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra in the middle of a Bulls playoff series. Or when Dan Wetzel talks about what it was like to be in the media room when Temple basketball coach John Chaney stormed into UMass coach John Calipari's press conference after a game and threatened to kill him. These wild and fun stories, paired with stories about real sports greatness, you know, like the 1970s Steelers being the greatest NFL dynasty ever, or the legendary rivalry between Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, and even the impact of protests for social justice issues in sports, make Pressbox Access a show you should check out. Pressbox Access is part of the Evergreen Podcast family, and it's available all the places you get your pods, and you can also find Pressbox Access on YouTube. Go check it out. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was literally impossible to avoid the dance craze that was the Macarena in the summer of 1996. A remix of the minor 1993 single by Los Del Rio, who had been a band for 35 plus years, took the world by storm. It appeared in countless movies, TV shows, and even a Democratic National Convention. This week, I'm joined by radio DJ and host of the Scene Unheard podcast, KDO, to discuss if this song gave our bodies happiness or if it left us feeling not so buena. One hit is all you need to make the money guaranteed. And you can live off royalties forever. And it makes you wonder, is it just a blunder? Or is it one hit thunder? All right, so my first question for you right off the bat, Katie, is have you done the Macarena? A million times. Have you? A million times. Name... Did you go to school dances when you were younger? I did. Okay. Did they play the Macarena? Macarena? Is it Macarena? I've been saying I don't wrong. know. I was thinking that this morning and I was like, wait, <laughs> is it Mac or is it Mock? Hey, Mac. I'm trying to think of the song. Hey, Macarena. Macarena. I don't know. It might be Macarena. Macarena right. could be like the Yinzer spin on yeah. it. Yeah. I do tend to pronounce the name <laughs> right off the bat. The Macarena makes me think of the fact that in high school, not kidding, 
in Spanish class, we had a teacher. She <laughs> was a very nice lady, but mm-hmm. she also seemed like she was always on the edge of just like snapping. And <laughs> honestly, I've we, had four Spanish teachers like that. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it must be a Spanish teacher thing, but we did the Macarena for a grade. That is what? <laughs> that is like one of the things I remember most about high school was the fact that we were graded on doing the Macarena. And I just can so vividly remember all of the guys in my class so unenthusiastically doing the Macarena. And I can't remember how enthusiastically or not enthusiastically I did it. <laughs> I could imagine I did it pretty timidly considering yeah. I was very shy and uh, I can't I can't imagine what you know when it was my turn how I felt about that well here's the thing the the Macarena is pr- like when you get down to the lyrics and you watch the music video it's funny to me how this is like okay it's apparently the number one one hit wonder but we can address that later but it's just like this quintessential dance like children know how to do it i bet you if i asked my baby cousins if they knew how to do the macarena they would but it's like a very provocative song there's a lot of like i don't even know how to describe it without being gross but there's just a lot it's it's provocative that's the whole point of the song well we got to get into that we got to get into the grossness of the song that's no doubt but i haven't done the macarena in quite a while so if I'm re- remembering correctly, it is one arm, then the other arm mm-hmm. in front. Yes. Then then one arm, the other arm crossed. No, no. So you do the one arm, oh. then the other one, then you flip them up one by one. Oh. You flip okay. your palms up one by stuff. one. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then you cross. Okay. And then behind the head. Yep. On the hips. Mm-hmm. And then you and shake then a it. shimmy? Yeah, okay. Shimmy right, shake, shake shimmy. You could probably do the Macarena to most songs uh, <laughs> if you wanted to. <laughs> if you really put your mind to it, I think you could apply it anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You just do it to the beat. Um, <laughs> but since you brought it up, we could talk a little bit. We'll, we'll start with, first of all, the song that everyone knows is actually the remix yeah. of los del rio yeah it's the um, bayside boys remix right right yeah which they have part of it's in english the verses are in english yes they keep the really provocative part in spanish <laughs> <laughs> so that way all the american little children can dance to this song yeah but the fact of the matter is that the song is actually about somebody named macarena right i guess and it's about giving happiness to your body and uh in this song the story is Macarena has a boyfriend who's going into the military, I guess. And while he's away, wherever, yes. um, she is, as they say in the lyrics, giving it to two friends mm-hmm. and followed up by, I. <laughs> right. She, she's, she goes, uh, yeah, it's, it's about her dance moves. And if someone around her is into it, then they can go home with her. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. She she would like to live in New York and seduce a new boyfriend is part of the Do your thing, story. Macarena. Do your thing. Yeah. Hey, Macarena, it is 2020 and you got to live your life the way you want to live. There's no shame. I can't condone yeah. infidelity, but at the same time, like, it's your life. Yeah. 
we don't know how serious Macarena and her boyfriend were. <laughs> Maybe they were dating for like a month or two. There could be a whole backstory. He might not be that solid of a dude. I don't know. Or maybe he's just open to it. Maybe he's could like an open relationship. I didn't even consider. Yeah, that. he's like I'm fine with it. Maybe he's getting with two of her friends. <laughs> Who knows? It doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's a revenge uh, song. <laughs> or it's a celebration of the human body. I don't know. It, I it like is, that has, answer a lot better. Yeah, it has. It has. It seems pretty cool to me. It's um, just. It's just so fun. Like I obviously listen to it again. I, I can't tell you that I listened to it in my spare time, but I listened to it preparing for this interview. And it's just like, it, it's it's never not catchy ever. Do you disagree? Do you find it annoying? I was thinking about, do I like this song as a song? And, you know, it's all, all a matter of taste. But I, I think of this song, I put this song kind of in the novelty category of music. Sure. You know, I don't know. I have to, I have to think about that one. As far as the the musical aspect, I'm not so sure. I don't know. Maybe it's like a nostalgic aspect, like a nostalgia thing for me. But when the intro cues up, I don't know. It just like it just it reminds me of of being much much younger and uh, yeah. and just being on really uncomfortable school dance floors and doing the macarena. Were you uh, outgoing in school, or were you shy um, in school? So I was shy up until about like I would say that I was not like a class clown type but I definitely I was only like outspoken if I wanted to be funny otherwise I was pretty I was pretty quiet yep that sounds like me (laughs) I was the super (laughs) I mean among my friends not really but I was so afraid of girls (laughs) that it it was like normal yeah kind of (laughs) normal but like Looking back, if I could do it over again, I'd be like, why, why were you so weird? <laughs> why, why were you so scared? I think about like those middle school and high school dances. I would never in my life ask a girl to dance. That would be like the last thing on earth I would ever do. But maybe I would do the Macarena, <laughs> I guess. Uh, See, I, was, was... I was the girl that wasn't afraid to ask the boy to dance. I was not, I was not afraid. Us, us shy guys needed girls <laughs> like you in the world. When I think about the Macarena, this this goes back a little bit to people doing the, the Macarena in my class. Mm-hmm. I think about the unenthusiastic dancing right. <laughs> in class for a grade. It reminds me of, have you ever gone to Texas Roadhouse, the restaurant? I have, yeah. Have, have you ever been there when it was somebody's birthday? No. <laughs> <laughs> they, they make the employees do a very unenthusiastic line dance, and you could just tell they hate it so bad that your sound after I said it made me feel really bad about even bringing that up. I just, I've worked in, maybe like as a kid, I would have enjoyed being like the, the center of attention in that regard and having the whole restaurant turn up for me. But I just, I've worked in the the food and service industry and I just can't imagine having to do that. Oh, those poor people. Peanut shells all over the ground. (laughs) (laughs) I would talk about Los Del Rio for a minute. Yeah. I tried to dig into their catalog a little bit. Sure. Uh, as I usually, I don't know if you did that. Uh, it all sounds like traditional Spanish music. Yeah. I couldn't really form much of an opinion on it. It sounded like background music. The thing is, they're still performing. I mean, and they formed in 1962. So, right. Geez, 58 years. They are they're still, not- they're still going, but they only perform in Spain. Are you more of an Antonio? woman or more of a Raphael? Um, I'm going to say Antonio. <laughs> cool. I'm more of a Raphael guy, but. Okay. Tomatoes. You know, to, each yeah, to each their own. So the, the backstory of the song, which I'm sure you found out about was mm-hmm. 
that Los Del Rio were invited to South America in 1992. And while visiting, visiting Venezuela, they went to a private party that was held by the Venezuelan empresario Gustavo Cisneros. While they were there, a local flamenco teacher, Diana Patricia Cubian Herrera. Mm-hmm. You're doing great. <laughs> or they were impressed by her skills. So oh, I see why you're an Antonio. I see why you're an Antonio fan. <laughs> Spontaneously, Antonio started singing the chorus. <laughs> Basically, he said, Diana, Diana, dale a tu cuerpo alegría y cosas buenas, which means give your body some joy, Diana. Mm-hmm. And then later on, they changed it to Macarena in honor of Antonio's daughter, Esperanza Macarena. Kind of strange to write such a sexy song about your daughter, but... Weird. I'm going to try to call it feminism. We're gonna, I'm going to try that. I don't know if that's really right. going to stick. No, I mean, yeah, he wanted to pass along that message to his daughter. I get it. Yeah. Embrace your physical joys. Just celebrate your body. I can get down with that message. Absolutely. I, I'm glad to see that more and more in music. I've noticed it so much, especially this year. This gets tricky I mm-hmm. because talking about the fact that I personally am such a fan of female artists mm-hmm. and I, I notice that women more than ever aren't afraid to sing about sex and their bodies and things like that, like right. men have been doing, like men have been doing forever. Right. And I think that's awesome. Why it is not? awesome. It's one of the big reasons that I love Lady Gaga. She's never shied away from singing about female sexuality and a champion for so many things. But she, I mean, she didn't really come on to this scene, like the, I don't want to talk too much about Lady Gaga, but we, I could talk for hours about her. She didn't really come on to the scene in terms of a big single or a radio single until like 2008, 2009. But Ever she's always been that way, and um, I think it was around that time when I really started to uh, seek out a lot more women in, in pop music. You know, I was really into the Britney and the Christina and the Destiny's Child R and B, but I was grown up and I wanted to hear women who, who sounded like me singing about. I don't know where I'm going with that, but I, I um, no, I, I I agree with what you said. I don't know why I'm drawn more. It might just be that these artists, regardless of their gender, happen to write songs that really resonate with me and I really like, and they just happen to be all female. But like, if you look at like what I listen to, mm-hmm. it's probably 75% female artists. And What about um, women in rock? Who do you listen to? It's crazy how I've been drawn to pop so much. <laughs> no, I, uh, pop music is, I love pop music. But, you know, in rock, like, of course, I consider Bjork in that mm-hmm. in rock, even though there's a lot of electronic element or whatever. She's a she's a rock star, mm-hmm. no doubt. Mm-hmm. But I love the yeah, yeah, yes. Oh, nice. Yeah. That dog. You, you familiar with that dog? No. That dog really flew under the radar of the DGC bands in like the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Really, they came up with like Weezer. Like mm. even members of that dog were in The Rentals. Okay. With when Matt Sharp left Weezer or whatever. Like they have a lot of crossover with that world. Very synth and moog heavy mm-hmm. band. Like mm-hmm. so poppy, so good. One of my favorite bands. I love Letters and Letters to Cleo. Kay Hanley mm-hmm. is amazing. And I love St. Vincent. Oh, very nice. The list goes on and on. I'm sure that this all comes back to <laughs> the fact that everyone was <laughs> inspired by the Macarena and it's 
feminist message. Well, okay. I I think I finally, I think I finally was able to put my rant into a cohesive thought in that. Okay. uh, There were a lot of women in pop music on the rise when I I was born in 93 and I, I can't lie about (laughs) um, as much as I would like to say that I'm, it was 94 and I was super in tune with what was going on in, in rock music at the time. Incorrect. So I can't fake that. I was, I grew up with, you know, again, Destiny's Child, Britney, those were the influence, the women that influenced me early on. And when I began to get into rock music, it was mostly men that I was listening to, mostly uh, male fronted bands. And it really wasn't until I got into, into people like Haley Williams and I listened to, listened to Paramore and Evanescence and um, then Lady Gaga came on. Then I was like, okay, now when I when I want to sing along to these songs in the car or in my room, I want to sing along to people that again sound like me. I, I would love to seek out more women in, in music, so that it, I can it can be something I, I can identify with more closely. And it's even more of a positive that these people like Lady Gaga are comfortable talking about their body and female sexuality. It's such a positive influence for yeah. For young women, for for young girls, I think even though maybe some of those lyrics aren't super like age appropriate for like the, maybe the seven year olds or something, but uh, depending on how deep into the discography you go, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that the Macarena was a as an early feminist movement. I can't believe I didn't say Haley when you asked me. I can't believe I, I didn't say that considering like oh she she's was big one of my all time favorites. And it's so funny how I end up talking about Haley like every episode of this Do you podcast. Really? I, it just something leads me to there. On the last one, we were talking about artists that continually, you know, some people will reach this level of success and then start phoning it in, and you see like the music suffer, mm-hmm. but. With Paramore and Haley's solo stuff, I feel like every album, she just gets better and better. Punchline and Paramore toured together in Japan. And at the time, Haley was 17 years old. And I didn't know the, that. Yeah, from the first time we did like a, a record store, in-store thing at a Tower Records there. It may have been before even the first show. And she got up there and started singing and it was like unbelievable. I think I have a video of it. She was just already like, I like to call her a generational talent. For sure. And then the shows, which were wild, you know, like she was already such a front woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she Definitely. was already such a presence at that age. And she had been playing music. I sat next to her mom on the plane and she told me <laughs> for, for hours, told me the entire story of Paramore, but she- That's amazing, Chris. What? They had been playing together as like, I don't know, they like met in church or something, but they had been a band since they were 11. So Paramore had been a band since they were 11 years old. So no wonder by the time they were 17, they were already awesome. And then, right. you know, we were label mates and, and all this stuff. And so it was cool to see them at that. And then later in life, she's like, one of my favorite artists on earth. Yeah. We strayed a little bit away from that's what, I mean, the Macarena. I, we're bound to stray a, from, because there's yeah. there's a bigger conversation at hand. I also, the, the Macarena is in, you said that you put it in like a novelty category. It's yeah. also in this category of like dance crazes where the whole song, of course they have their individual messages, but the whole song, there's there's quite a few from like that, those the early 90s, to now it's a pretty solid list of songs that the whole song is based around this very iconic dance yeah you could put soldier boy cha-cha slide well, slides in there too soldier boys in there for sure 
electric slide. Yeah. Yeah. Cupid shuffle. Cupid shuffle. And then if you want to skip ahead to like the Harlem shake. Yep. Or like Gotham um, style. Oh, uh, Drake keeps trying to do it. The, the Tuesday slides, the new one, but he, he keeps, tr he keeps <laughs> trying. I guess I guess it's working considering he's like the best selling artist. I'm not super I'm not super hip to the the fresh ones out of the last couple of years, but I would yeah. also put the Dougie in there too. That was like 2010. Right. Oh, also one more that I always talk to Steve about wanting to write the next one of these songs. Oh god. But the one where it's like the whole song is just like instructions on it's, what to do. It's a manual. <laughs> Wait, you yes. Punchline wants to make the I'm sorry, do you want I, to cover it or do you want to make a new no, one? No, 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 no. I don't even know if I'm talking about Punchline. I just talk <laughs> about making that next song that is just like, it tells you exactly what to do in the song. It's basically the hokey pokey except Are you, Can I ask you this? Are you an Office fan, Chris? Uh, yeah. I think we could put the Scarn in this conversation. Oh, the Scarn is awesome. <laughs> but this is all like, I don't know. There's, there really is this whole category where it's, um, the whole song is this dance. That's the whole thing. Like, right. what else do you do when, when a mock, when the Macarena comes on at a school dance, do you mean to tell me people are only, cause we did it for the whole song like the duration. We weren't just waiting for the chorus and then hitting it. We did it the whole time. It's kind of like the, uh, what, the Cupid shuffle where you just turn every time you're done with that rotation. You just, okay, now I'm turning to the left. Okay, right. now I'm turning left again. That's the whole thing. All you got to do is make make one of those and you're set for life. Just, it, and it's not, the dances are never complicated. They have to be easy because right. grandmas have to be able to do them at <laughs> weddings and things like that. So you, you can't make them too hard i i think it's on my to-do list i'm telling you that song is on it's one of those things that's been on my to-do list forever just like on my to-do list is to do a parody of a weird owl original that's also that's been on the punchline wow. to-do list for a long time because okay. weird owl does have some originals yeah and, <laughs> yeah. and we thought but it's hard it's hard to parody his originals because they're i don't know it, it's it's just a feat so we haven't done it yet that's okay. I think that's, I think that's a big dream. I think you can do it. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day. Couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little, actually a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm not going to lie here. I've become a factor fanatic lately. I'm a busy guy and getting to eat restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout, Plus, considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. 
So what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to factormeals.com slash one hit 50 and use the code one hit 50 to get 50% off. That's code one hit 50, the words one hit and the number 50 that is, at factormeals.com slash one hit 50 to get 50% off. One thing I like to look at on here uh, when you talk about a song is to talk about what else, what other songs were popular at that time. So you kind of know what was going on in the world of music that gave birth to this. Mm -hmm. And And one thing I noticed when I looked at like the Billboard Hot 100 of like the 14 weeks at number one, yeah. that this thing was. Yeah, I wanted to see what rock songs were popular. Oh, no, and there were yeah. seriously like none. The closest thing to a rock song I could find was like number 90 something was Beck Where It's At, <laughs> which is kind of a rap song in a way. And well, what about like the pumpkins? Were they in there? I didn't, I must not have noticed them. Maybe I'm just thinking of like releases around that time. Yeah, but I mean, Oasis I'm looking Wonderwall at came out in, in 95. Yes, yes. But maybe Wonderwall wasn't in that 14 weeks. I see like True. the big singles, big singles of the year Macarena exploded are like Spice Girls Wannabe. Amazing. Um, Celine Dion, Because You Love Me. Great. And Oasis Wonderwall <laughs> were all big. I saw, I wanted to see what finally knocked uh, Macarena out of number one. Yeah. And it was No Diggity by Blackstreet. Okay. I think that's fair. And I was looking at like, oh, some of the other songs that were popular, like songs that stood out to me in that Billboard Hot 100. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's All Coming Back to Me Now by Celine Dion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Love You Always Forever by Donna Lewis. Nice. And Unbreak My Heart by Tony Braxton. Okay. So uh, a lot of ballads, a lot of, there was a lot of R&B. Like, yeah, Blackstreet knocked it out, but there I saw there was like. A ton of um, R&B. Genuine Pony, I think maybe at that time. Yep. Lots of like sexy R&B, which I love. <laughs> like, sure. it's funny when I was a kid, that's what I liked was R&B music. Like yeah. I loved Boys to Men. Yeah. I That that was like the ultimate to me. And then when, you know, I got into like punk rock and stuff mm-hmm. as a teen, but my, and maybe that comes all the way back around to me now, why I'm so drawn to like, pop music and R&B music. And it's like Frank Ocean's up there as oh, one of my favorite artists you're, on earth. You're preaching to the choir. I love Frank Ocean. I also love Anderson Park. Yeah. I mean that, it, I guess my taste was shaped when I was a kid. And now like you have these artists that have that, those elements of that in their music. And then yeah. I'd rather listen to that than like whatever like oh yeah for me it was it's the same it was the same thing because that was that's what was huge when i when i started watching mtv and vh1 it was a lot about like alicia keys and ashanti mary j blige and that's what i was into that's a good thing that you were into that i do talk a lot of shit on this but i have i know people that were like influenced as kids by like hair metal and i am just (laughs) i am so happy that I never liked it, mm-hmm. still don't like it. Yeah. Minus Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses, I kind of think like transcends that. You weren't a Brett Michael fan? No, definitely not. <laughs> we were actually just talking about this at the radio station, talking about like the top 10 
albums that that influenced your listening patterns like up until now and uh it it is we all kind of noticed that it's about when we were like between the ages of like 12 and 15 it's like whatever we were really getting into and diving into then is really what set the trajectory for what we're into now i don't know if you find it to be the same thing like that same kind of time frame for you absolutely yeah i mean you know as an impressionable young person i was lucky enough to have, I always bring them up, but I had Green Day and Weezer and Nirvana. Sure. And, uh, you know, that I'm, I feel so lucky. And then that led, that opened doors to like punk rock for me. Right. Um, and, you know, that really shaped everything for me. But like, you need to be exposed in some way. I had no, no siblings. Mm-hmm. So I had to discover everything. I mean, yeah, friends, but, but, Mostly I had to discover like watching MTV or whatever, and then discover music on my own and then like dive deeper from there. That's great though. That's great that you had that itch because I was too young, I guess, to have like the resources that uh, that, like my brother who was five years older than me had. And if it wasn't on MTV or VH1 or on the radio, I didn't know about it. And I'm so, I was thinking about this when thinking about my top 10 albums, I'm so grateful that my brother he really got me into rap. He showed me Nas. Uh, he showed me everything, really. And it wasn't, I I only saw like the big singles on TV and he helped me dive a little bit deeper into the genre. And if it weren't for him, it probably would take me a lot longer to, to, to get into it. It's crazy now to think about if back then we had access to every song ever written in our pockets at all times like we do now. Did you use Napster? Of course. Okay. So I have to admit, I was a big LimeWire kid. Yeah, LimeWire too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> many a virus on our on our home desktop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, MySpace was huge for me in finding music. Huge. MySpace was huge as a person in a band mm-hmm. for promoting our band. Right. We were really good at using MySpace. I, I nice humble brag, I guess, but <laughs> we were super good. Like off the bat at using that for interacting and promoting. And I, I think that like that exposed our music to so many people. And right. It was so a great platform. Yeah. I found Los Del Rio's Vivo and the Macarena Bayside Boys remix has 7.3 million views. That's it. It's, I feel like this was uploaded. It was uploaded six months ago. I don't know why. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, never mind. That's a lot for, for, six months. Why did it take him so long, long to make a Vivo account? Wait, I don't know. There's a couple, there's probably some user who just uploaded it with like, <laughs> uh, made, made the lyrics in, uh, in paint in MS paint yeah, right. and has like a billion views. I'm sure <laughs> I'm looking at some, a little bit more of my facts about the Macarena. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're bringing it back to that. It was in the billboard hot 100 for 46 weeks. So yeah. almost a full year. It was a record holder for the oldest charting song to hold number one Mm. it's oh no it stayed on the hot 100 for 60 weeks that's crazy which was only beaten by adele 15 years later for rolling in the deep wow you know do you like adele i love adele why don't i like adele more (laughs) because music is a subjective thing and not everybody has to like the same stuff i didn't know this at the 96 dnc d-span has footage of the delegates dancing to the macarena yeah, that's. I don't know if that's a good look. Al Gore uh, asked the audience if they wanted him to do it, 
and then he just stood there. Yeah, which is, uh, I guess that's kind of funny, but yeah. Um, I, could you imagine that happening? We don't have to get into politics, but could you imagine that happening now? Uh, no, but I would love to have seen Bernie do the Macarena. <laughs> For real, yeah. That, w- that would have been cool. But I do think it's funny. I actually, I love it. I absolutely love it when Trump tries to use people's music and they all get mad. <laughs> Every single one of them is like, fuck you. Yeah. you can't, no, like you. everybody's, nobody is cool with it. The only people that are cool with it are uh, Lee Greenwood, who sings Proud to be an American, yeah. uh, and the band that played his inauguration, uh, uh, the, the thing Superman. Um, is that Three um, Rows Down? Yep, that's him. That's okay. them. Yeah, and Trapped. Trapped likes Trump. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, that's the only artist I can think of. Macarena won a, a Grammy. Oh, which one? The Latin Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. Whoa, that sounds like a big one. That sounds like one I will never win. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely not. And to your, we talked about this, maybe, I don't know if this was off mic that we mentioned this, but it was ranked the number one, one hit wonder of all time by VH1. Yeah. I don't know that I would put it in my top 100. Really? But yeah. (laughs) One hit uh, wonders of all time? There's some good one hit wonders out there. But there's a hundred. Like that, it definitely, maybe if it's like in the 90s for you, that's fine. But a hundred songs is a lot. Back when we started the podcast, we have a Facebook group where people were like very active on it. Yeah, I'm in it. Okay. (laughs) Nonstop people were, especially when we first started, people were posting one hit wonders. And a lot of times people were posting songs that were not one hit wonders, which was very frustrating. Right. But I made a playlist of all of them minus the ones that weren't. And then when I was bored one day, I sort of rearranged the list to my opinion okay. of them. Like from one to like, there's like 400 on it or something, oh. which I'm sure there's way more than that out there. It's well, just def- those- definitely. I'll have to check. The- I don't know how I missed that list, but I'll check it. Um, It's on Spotify and I made it on Apple music too. Oh, lovely. Um, okay. But, uh, all right, so it's not in your top 400. Okay, understood. N- no, <laughs> but I, I wonder, it, were, were they basing that on just how popular it was? On stats, probably. I mean, I, are, are music critics choosing that as the number one one-hit wonder? There's so <laughs> I many good ones. I didn't read any critiques of the Macarena. It might have to do with the fact that it's just so universally known. It wasn't just big here. It was big everywhere. It was number seven on Billboard's all-time top 100, just debunking your list left and right. Do you want to real quick hear hear? It? Yeah, I'd love to. I'm going to look it up later anyway. So yeah, I'd love to. This was done quickly. Okay. I love a disclaimer. And I love a disclaimer. I'm going to start with some, because I'm going to, I'm going to, in rapid succession, name the top 10 in my opinion of uh, best one-hit wonders. And some okay. of the uh, honorable mentions, which I see, which I have, I have to mention are like sucked out by super drag is didn't make top 10, but it's up there okay. barely breathing by Duncan Sheik. Wow. Uh, the impression that I get mighty, mighty Boston's, which it's crazy to me that they're a one hit wonder, but they kind of are good song. And at number 11 is we don't have to take our clothes off by Jermaine Stewart. <laughs> you know that one? Yeah. So good. At number 10, I put our house by madness. Okay. At number nine, I put true by Spandau ballet. Okay. You know that one, right? Mm-hmm. Then at number eight, I put don't don't you forget about me, Simple Minds. Wow. Hey, that's no, song. it's just I I'm, I'm more so saying wow to myself. Like, 
how did I not think of these? Seven, I put more today than yesterday. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty, uh, I don't know. I don't know if a lot of people would agree with that one, but I love that song. Uh, number six, I put If You Leave by OMD, another 80s jam. You know I, that one? I don't. You would know it if you heard I it. I probably would, it's, yeah. It's it's very recognizable. It's so quintessentially 80s. Number five, I put Cannonball by the Breeders. Mm-hmm. Another fem- uh, 75% female rock band. Mm-hmm. Number four, I put King of Wishful Thinking. Really? A, oh, such a jam. Such a jam. Number four, okay. Straight from the Pretty Woman soundtrack. Number three, I put Take On Me. Mm, good pick. Number two, The Promise by When in Rome. You wow. know The Promise, right? Yeah, okay. I love that song. And the end of Napoleon Dynamite when it kicks in. Oh, I love it. <laughs> no, Wait, number I have one. A story. I had to get an MRI once when I was a kid. And uh, Children's Hospital is just the best. And they let you pick a movie to put. It was an MRI of my back. And they uh, let you pick a movie to put. It was going to be a very long MRI. And I picked Napoleon Dynamite. So I. <laughs> nice. That's a good pick. You know, that movie, I, I remember at the time people getting like sick of it because it was like just everywhere. It was this cultural phenomenon. It's a fine so, wine. It gets better with age. It's so funny. It's so good. It's so, I think it's so impressive when you can uh, have a song that's, ba- or not a song, a movie that's basically G rated. Yeah. <laughs> and, have it still be so funny. Right. I agree. Uh, I agree. Good, clean humor is very hard to do. For sure. Yeah. But, um, oh, to my number one. My number one is causing a lot of controversy, oh, actually, boy. in the One Hit Thunder group, because apparently people hate this song. Okay. But uh, In a Big Country by Big Country. Uh, That's which your is, number one? It's my number one. Okay. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> you don't like that pick. I don't think I do. Oh, it's just such a good, there's, I think what sold me is there's this live performance of them playing it. Mm-hmm. That is just so good and energetic. And like, I just love it so much. So I, I don't know. Do you, you, do you know what yours is? Do you know what your number one is? It's not Macarena. It can't be. No, it's not Macarena. I think I'd have to think about it. This is not a split decision type of a question. I mean, first of all, what were your, qualifications to to for your top 10 like is it based on genuine like appreciation of the music and the lyrics or it was just like like cultural impact it was based purely on how much i liked the song song. okay i mean i really like spirit in the sky as a song all right i really like that song grew up listening to it it's catchy i don't know if i would say it's my number one but that might be in my top 10 just because this is interesting do you want to hear my bottom 10 (laughs) is that in there yeah i mean i scrolled to the bottom of the list and these are the songs that i ranked if you want to hear them because you'll i think you'll know all these yeah am i gonna Um, be upset that norman greenbaum's in there no he he is not okay good Um, go ahead wait what oh no 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 he's not um so the song, wait, let me count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, I got to go up one more. Okay. So <laughs> um, some of these I didn't even know, but like, what is love by Hathaway? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's funny when Will Ferrell is bouncing his head to it or whatever, <laughs> but it's a bad song. It is. Uh, I'm, I'm going in reverse order. So 
when I say number one, that actually means the worst one. That's the worst. Okay? okay, cool. Okay. So number nine would be Mambo number five. Mm-hmm. Uh, number eight would be Scatman. Okay. Um, number seven, this is probably a controversial one. And this is one of those songs that so many people like, and I'm just like, that song sucks. <laughs> and what's really funny about this one is the people that produced and recorded this song mm-hmm. produced and recorded Punchline 37 Everywhere album. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> um, it's Sex and Candy by Marcy Playground. Marcy Playground? Really? I hate that song. Will you tell the ex to quit playing it? <laughs> we play it all the time. I got two requests for the ex. One, don't play Sex and Candy anymore. Okay. Two, please stop playing Alice in Chains. Uh, no more Alice in Chains. Dude, please. we got a lot of active. Come on. That's a core artist for us. I'll, I'll, take it, I'll take it up with the boss man. Okay. Please. At the time, even at the time that Alice in Chains was like at their peak, I didn't like them. And I liked everything. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, okay, we'll keep going. Uh, number six, how bizarre. How bizarre. Okay. Uh, number five, uh, I kind of feel bad about this one now because I know it brings people a lot of joy and it preaches body positivity and everything. Yeah. But baby got back. Oh, okay. I you now you know you made that noise. Now I feel like I should move it up. The list. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Bad Day by Daniel Powder should be below that or something like. Oh my God, uh, Bad Day! You could list that as low as you want, and I would never be offended by it. <laughs> or or another dumb blonde by Hoku. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, wow, I don't know why I put this one so low. Maybe because it's so depressing. But number four, I put Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin. Okay, that's not. A, that's not a terrible call. Yeah. It's just such a bummer of a song. It is. <laughs> Number three, I put High Enough by Damn Yankees. And I think I put only put that there because Ted Nugent's involved. Okay. <laughs> and I just automatically don't like anything Ted Nugent does. Yeah, respect. Uh, Number two, I put Rico Suave. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and for the number one worst one hit wonder ever, I put Butterfly Kisses by Bob Carlyle. Okay. I respect your list. I respect that list. It would take me a long time to think of my least favorite, like top 10 least favorite one hit wonders. That would take me a long time. So I appreciate that you just had that at the ready. Is there anything left to even say about uh, the Macarena at this point? I, I guess. No, we- I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with where this conversation went though. I think it's only, it's only natural. I know we kind of, had some side conversations along the way but that's bound to happen when you're talking about such an influential song and it yep. didn't have a lot of implications like it was part of um like i said that like that whole dance craze faction of music is huge even today i mean it's we're bound to get sidetracked so it's all good that leads us to the big decision is this song one hit thunder or was it a one hit blunder and Ooh. Before you decide, I mean, you picked the song. You obviously like the song. I think it's a, yeah, I think it's a one-hit thunder. Yeah, you're going blunder, but you? part of what I got to take into consideration is like, what did they follow it up with? What? How deep is their catalog? Los Del Rio and the Bayside Boys. I also have to say this, as an artist, <laughs> let me uh, get a little pretentious on you sure. for a second there. As an artist, it's a little frustrating when you strive so hard to be successful at music. And then the Ma- the Macarena is on the charts for 60 weeks. Straight. I totally <laughs> feel that. I totally feel that. They kind of like made this one song that was an international hit and they were like, well, I guess that's it. <laughs> that's kind of the whole thing. Like 
okay, do you think that there is some logic or some reason in you release a song like that and it's your, I don't know if that was, I would argue that was their, their first big single, right? (laughs) Yeah. It does what it does. I would say that it was the first big single by Los Del Rio and the Bayside Boys. (laughs) It does what it does. Would you, there are definitely some people out there that are like, why, why would I keep going? Can we even top this? That's weak. That's totally That's what they weak. did. The only people that can legit, like Lauren Hill did that. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you made one of the greatest albums of all time. If you're done and you want to peace out, that's fine. <laughs> Los Del Rio the, made. The scope of artistry, I'm sure is very broad, you know? I will, to your point, I will say that even though I'm saying that about like, oh, well, I'm an artist and um, this song, whatever. I don't think that like people weren't listening to my band because they were too busy listening to the mockery. No, I don't think that you prob- had that problem. Don't worry. That probably happened zero times ever. Yes. So I guess my point is a little bit null and void. <laughs> and I will have to agree that the song had a huge cultural impact and it gets people dancing and whatever. If I if I gave Magic Rude a one hit thunder pass. I'll give this one too. I think I'll that's say, fair. Yeah, I did see I'll that. Say, I'll say one hit thunder. Okay. Cool. Uh, it's been really cool talking with you, Katie. Yeah, you too, man. Thanks for having uh, me. Yeah. Anyone? Uh, well, Matt, Matt will put the info at the end, but <laughs> if anyone's in the Pittsburgh area, you got to check Katie out on the radio and on the podcast world for uh, seen unheard, yeah. which there are many episodes of, and uh, one of them I'm on. Yeah. And as... you're supposed to be on one that's uh, that's coming up that we have to reschedule because COVID. Uh, but but pack is in the books. Oh, yeah. Nice. It was awesome having you as a guest. Uh, I hope you'll come on again. Maybe sure. maybe you can come on again sometime. And by that time, you'll figure out what your favorite one hit wonder is. Maybe that's maybe. okay. That's my homework. I got to figure out my top and bottom 10 and then we can reconvene. Yep. Cool. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, Katie. Thanks, Chris. This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is produced by Matt Kelly as part of the Geekscape Network and hosted by Chris Fafalios of the bands Punchline, Pack, and Another Cheetah. Check out this week's guest, Katie, on her podcast, Seen Unheard, as well as on 105.9 X and Big 104.7 if you're in the Pittsburgh area. Visit punchline.com for updates as well as news, merch, and future tour dates. Let us know your thoughts on the show by emailing us at onehitthunderpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. And tune in next week for another episode of One Hit Thunder. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Well, hey, friends. My name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? 
I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Hey, you. Do you have any plans this year? Ha! How's that going? Do you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at 2Z. 020-D.com, soundtalentmedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app.